Well, today we are going to wrap up a series called Victorious Secret. Victorious Secret. I got one laugh out of that. It's still, it's still a good, I think it's a great title. Um, if you are, a, uh, again, a younger child in here and you don't want your younger children to hear our message today, we are going to allow you just to please take them out. We're not, we're not here to uh, try to, you know, educate your kids just yet unless you want them educated. And so we just ask you, you're not going to make us feel bad if you or interrupt us. So please uh, take them out if you feel led to do that. Our children's church is amazing. They learn some amazing things in there. So please do that. Um, but today we're going to wrap this series up. And I want to start by saying this. We desire to share, and I've said this every time we've started on this topic, we desire to share two specific things in every message, not just these messages that we share. The two things are, anybody remember? What was it? Truth and grace. Truth and grace. Here's why. They listen. They listen. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes I wonder. Uh, but, but here's the thing, truth and grace. And you say, why those two things? Well, here's why. Because if we don't tell you the truth, then we're just a bunch of fuddy-duds, you know, or not fuddy-duds, but just a bunch of tickle-your-ears kind of people that just want to tell you what you want to hear and be all sweet. We've got to tell you the truth. You know why? Because people want to know the truth. I want to know the truth. Don't, don't blow, you know, smoke up my butt. <laughs> skirt. Skirt. I was going to say skirt, but that didn't work. No. I don't wear skirts, um, but don't, you know, again, don't blow smoke up my butt. I want to know the truth, right? I want to know why things are bad. I want to know why, how to get things to be good, right? And so that's what we desire to do. We desire to share truth, but here's what else we want to do. Because truth exposes some of the things that we may deal with that are wrong and sinful. We also want to share grace. You know why? Because we're all sinners, Every one of us have sinned. All of us have failed. Everybody, including the preacher and his wife, have failed. So you can walk in here and go, well, all they want to do is judge me. All they want to do is tell me, you know, what I'm doing wrong. No, listen, I need to hear what I'm doing wrong, too, so that I can turn that around and and live a better life and to honor God. So, again, we're up here preaching to ourselves as well. We can all have better relationships. We can all have, you know, better dating relationships, better marriages, and we can all have better sex, right? So that's what we're going to talk about today. In the last few weeks, we looked at, uh, first we looked at dating. And again, you say, well, what's the biblical secret to having a victorious dating relationship? It's one thing. You ready? Victorious dating starts and ends by pleasing God first. If you can get that right, everything else will fall into place. That means from the person you choose, if they're not a godly person, they're not walking with Jesus, and you are, you need to just please God first. If that person wants to get you in the sack before you're married, you need to please God first, right? So if you can please him first, then you will win in your dating relationships, and you won't have any regrets. Will it be easy? No. But it's possible. It's possible. So that's the deal we started with first. Then we looked at marriage, and we've looked at five biblical secrets to having victorious marriage. Number one was this. Victorious marriages start and end with pleasing God. If you want to have a foundation that is firm, a foundation that doesn't slip, a foundation that doesn't slide, then your foundation needs to be built on God. It needs to be built on the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? Come on, let's get some amens going today. At least some clapping today. 
I want you guys to outdo the nine o'clock. You've had longer to sleep. Um, so we need a little feedback today. But victorious marriages starting in with pleasing Jesus first. Again, that's foundational. If you, if you settle for less than what Jesus wants you to do, then you are going to have a sandy or a, a shaky foundation. Number two is this. Victorious marriages communicate. And this is review from the last few weeks. Victorious marriages communicate. If I'm not communicating well in everything that we, you know, deals with marriage, then I'm not as victorious as I can be. Number three was this. Victorious marriages are romantic. I liked this one, <laughs> but I'm terrible at it. <laughs> Anybody terrible at being romantic? Yes. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> There's some big clapping going on over there. But here's the, here's the thing, it, and we said this in our, in our uh, message when we talked about this. It's not about, you know, making a night of romantic things happening. It's about keeping it happening throughout your marriage. That's the key. Um, and that takes work. It takes effort. It takes, you know, it takes time. Uh, the fourth thing was victorious marriages are healthy. They're healthy. And we were talking about physically healthy. If you want to be able to serve your spouse better, then you probably need to lessen the toxic things that go into your body. And I'm not Dr. Phil. I'm not. I'm not. Who's the, who's the other? Dr. Oz. I'm not Dr. Oz, but here's what I've learned. When I am physically healthy, then I'm able to love her better. Right? And so I'm not, we're not picking on, you know, Big bone people. <laughs> this is, it's kind of awkward when you talk about this. You know what I'm saying? Because people think, you know, he's just talking about skinny people. You've got to be skinny, you know, or God doesn't love you, or you're not welcome in the church. No, listen, you can be skinny and still be unhealthy. Right. right? And so, again, you need to be healthy because when you're healthy physically, then you can serve your wife or your husband better, period. I'm just telling you. And, and some of you guys, you're like, well, I just, you know, I, I can't get rid of the smokes. I can't get rid of the, you know, drinking too much on the weekends. I can't get rid of all that. Listen, you, if you love your spouse, then you will do whatever it takes. You will get help. You'll do whatever it takes. And I know it's hard, but you will do whatever it takes to get rid of the toxic things that you're putting in your body. You know why? Because here's what I've learned. You are selfish, I am selfish when I'm not healthy. You know why? Because here's the thing. At some point, when I, if I take in so much sugar, like I love, you know, again, double stuffed cookies. Can I get an amen? <laughs> when I eat 17 of them a day, <laughs> then here's what will happen. I may get, you know, a disease. I may get diabetes. I may, you know, have some ailment in my life. And, and not only will I face maybe a, a disease in my own body, but she has to go through it with me. So some of you guys are like, well, I'm just going to keep on smoking. I'm just going to keep on dipping. I'm going to keep on doing whatever I want to do. I'm going to drink 24-pack every week. Listen, you can do that, but at some point you're going to destroy your body and they're going to have to pay for it. So again, you can be selfish like me or you can you know, learn from that. Number five is this. Number five, victorious marriages have godly friends. Godly friends. If you don't have godly friends that are going to tell you to go home when you have a fight with your husband or your wife, then you need to not hang out with those, godly, those people at that point. Again, we're here to reach unchurched people. We need to have friendships, authentic relationships with them. But I don't go to the people that have failed in every relationship that they've been in and ask them marriage advice. It just doesn't make sense. And you say, Bo, I'm that person. I have failed in every relationship that I've been in. 
You listen, I praise God that you are here. This church was created for you. This church wasn't created for perfect people. It was created for imperfect people. You don't have to clean up to come here. You can come here dirty and God will clean you up. Does that make sense? So, so listen, you've got to have godly friends that are going to, I always say, that are going to punch you in the face and tell you to go home. I need friends because I'm stubborn and I want my way. When I, you know, get selfish, I need someone to get in my face and shake me, get in my grill and say, you need to get your butt home. You need to ask for forgiveness. And so those are the things that we've covered so far. Number six is this. And this is, again, something that we believe that God uh, wants us to share. And so that's what we're going to do. Number six, victorious marriages have victorious sex. Yeah! Yeah! <laughs> The only woohoo I heard of that, though, was from a female. I know. Men, men are scared. See, men are scared. They're a little, you know, shocked. I mean, it's just like they don't know what to do. <laughs> it's like getting hit by a hot wire fence. You're just like, oh, crap. <laughs> but here's the thing. And, and you say, and here's what I've learned about churches a lot. And I've been in churches all my life, and some of them are really good, some of them not so good. Um, but here's what I've learned. A lot of pastors would say that, that sex isn't a topic that you should talk about in church. And they think, you know, that's for, you know, moms and dads. And it is for moms and dads. Can I say an amen on that? I mean, yeah, it, it is for moms and dads. But here's the truth. I believe it is the responsibility of the church to talk about the gift that God has given us in the gift of sex. It's our pleasure. It's our calling. It's our desire to share with you the truth. Not the lies. For so many years, the culture has led our children, has led you to believe a lie. Hollywood, uh, the movies, the bathroom stalls at Love's. <laughs> the cool kid, you know, that comes and lies about having sex with this girl. I mean, we've learned it from everybody. We've learned it from uneducated people. We've learned it from educated people that are idiots and wouldn't know their butts from their faces. But here's the thing, we, we want to change that. We want to bring the truth back into it and stop buying into the lies. Because we have the truth. We have the truth. Um, I want to share with you a few of those lies. Uh, one of the things that I believe the world is selling us is this idea of pornography. Um, and you say pornography isn't a big deal. It is a big deal. You say it doesn't happen in the church. It happens in the church. You say Christians don't deal with pornography more than you wish that you knew they do. I'm just telling you. But here's the lie of, of pornography. And I, I'm gonna, I, I learned this from Jimmy Evans. He's a marriage counselor and, and a pastor. I learned this from him. Porn is a lie. Here's why. Because in pornography, women, listen to this, men, women are hypersexual and not so emotional. <laughs> and men are like, that's why we love the porn. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Um, but here's the thing. Women are hypersexual. And you say, what's that mean? Women want to just have sex all the time. You, I mean, don't go out and watch a porn, but just trust me. In pornography, women are hypersexual. They want to do it all the time. They want to get it on all the time. And they're less emotional. They don't have to talk for 30 minutes before they have sex. They just want to have sex. And they're hypersexual instead of being hyper-emotional. I'm just going to tell you, the truth is this. That woman doesn't exist. She doesn't. 
no matter how much we wish she did. She doesn't exist. If um, she did, she would still be hyper-emotional as well. Yeah, she would. Um, but here's the other thing, and you say, well, ladies, uh, ladies are thinking, well, I don't deal with porn. I mean, I'm not, I'm not like that. But, but here's, the, here's the truth for ladies. Romance novels, I believe that's porn for women. Um, you know, uh, movies, I mean, all this stuff, I believe it's porn for women. You know why? Because here's the truth about the romance novels and the, the Hollywood movies and all that other stuff. In those, the man is hyper-emotional and not so sexual. <laughs> I mean, you ever thought about it? I mean, you look at the romance novels, and, and they, they keep asking me to, to pose for the covers of those. <laughs> <laughs> They're like the cowboy. But anyways, uh, in those romance novels, I mean, again, it's, it's the men are hyper-emotional, and the sex is not such a big deal. And, and, it, and, and in I mean, movies, too. In movies, too. And I would say this, that man doesn't exist. <laughs> yeah. But it's kind of like, have you ever seen the movie uh, Message in the Bottle, ladies? Kevin Costner, right? So sweet. Really? He's so, he's so hyper-emotional. So he writes these uh, sweet letters, and he puts them in a bottle about his wife that passed away or whatever. And so um, I remember we were watching that movie one night, and I actually started crying. She did start crying. Because how many of you cried in that movie? Anyone? Anybody I mean, Because he was so sweet, Because it right? was so sweet. It was so sweet. And I remember both saying. And then I cried with her. <laughs> I was like, it's okay, babe. Not really. <laughs> yeah. Bo what, did, what did I say? Bo told me. He said, Heather, that's not real. It's not. And I think in that moment I realized, okay, this is. This is all fake. This is all made up. This is all extravagant. And typically men aren't prone to be that emotional, right? Yeah. Um, the other thing that people watch, and women, uh, again, I know some women maybe struggle with this as well, soap operas. Uh, soap operas. And I don't know why they call them soap operas because they don't sing. <laughs> I mean, you ever thought about it? Soap opera? I mean, soap opera. But here's the thing. Here's the thing about soap operas, and I, I don't watch them, but I know some people that do. <laughs> I had to just let that out because I, I don't know these things myself. But the guys in soap operas, they never go outside. <laughs> Have you ever thought about that? I mean, they never go outside. They stay inside, and they talk about their emotions with the woman that they're trying to woo. You ever thought about it? I mean, seriously. And can I just tell you the truth? That man does not exist. That is not real. Here's the truth. Realistically speaking, most men are highly sexual, a God-given gift, and they're not so much emotional. And, and realistically, women are highly emotional or more emotional and less sexual. It's the truth. And that's the way that God created us, and that's a gift. Again, it's not something that's bad. It's a gift. And, but here's why pornography is so destructive. Here's why. Because guys, listen, guys that deal with porn or have seen porn and struggle with porn, they go into marriage thinking they got the shaft because their wife isn't like her. You see, see what I'm saying? I mean, this girl in the movie, she's hypersexual. Then I need to get married because we're going to have sex all the time. That's a lie, too. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the other thing. Women, women, they go into marriage. If they deal with, you know, romance novels and soap operas and all this stuff, they go into marriage and they think they got their shaft because their man comes home stinky, wants to have sex all the time, and goes outside. <laughs> and they go, what? 
I mean, it's not like this guy, like Bo. Remember Bo on Days of Our Lives? That's the only one I knew because he had my name. Bo and what? Hope? Was that her name? <laughs> Hope. Bo and Hope. Is he still around? Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. He's back. Did he come back from the dead? Oh, he's on his way back. <laughs> that usually happens. They, they usually die six times yeah. and come back from the dead. It was just a fake deal. <laughs> But here's the thing. Here's what I've learned about all of this. I mean, pornography, movies, you know, TV, they are all a lie. It's a lie. And you say, are they not, are you not, can you not be romantic? Yeah, I mean, the romantic part is true. But the stuff that they sell, I'll use this word, and I don't get to use this word a lot, but it's fiction. It's based on untrue things. It's not factual. But here's the truth. The stuff that we're going to share with you today, listen to this. The truth of God's word is 100% true. It's 100% true. It is 100% dependable. It is 100%. You, you should be able to bet the farm on what you're going to learn today because it's 100% true. So you can buy the lie. Or you can buy the truth. Uh, today we're going to give you five keys and we're done. We're going to roll through these real quick. So if you're taking notes, five keys or five secrets to having victorious sex. Number one is this. Victorious sex pleases God. I want to say it again. Victorious sex pleases God. Look at Genesis chapter 2 verses 24 and 25. It says this. That this... This is why a man leaves his father and mother and is united to his wife. They become one flesh. Adam and his wife were both what? Say it with me. It's okay. We're in church. They were both naked. naked. Is it naked or naked? (laughs) Naked. They were both naked and they felt no what? They felt no shame. So again, so many people think, well, God's just this cosmic killjoy. He's a fuddy-duddy. He is a prude. No, listen to the scripture. They were both naked and they felt no shame. Sex is not gross. Uh, Being naked with a person that you are married to is not bad. And, and, And so many churches, all they share is don't, don't, don't. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. It's bad. It's bad. It's bad. But here's the truth. The devil loves that. Because, we, because we've, I mean, the church has robbed a, a spiritual gift, a gift that is pleasurable to him and to us, from us. And people go into marriage feeling dirty rather than free. And so listen, the devil loves that and, and he loves for us to share that. But God's message is the total opposite. It pleases God when a man and a woman who are committed in marriage have sex. It pleases him. He's not going, oh, 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 I shouldn't have seen that. You know, or he's not saying, well, you, I didn't mean that. No, he, he's like, if you're having fun in marriage, if you're experimenting in marriage, if you're enjoying sex in marriage... It pleases God. It does. Can I get some clapping on that? Because that's a... <clears throat> Here's why. Because God created sex for our pleasure and His glory. Look at Colossians 3.17. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God 
the Father through Him. Now, here's what I would say about that scripture. You say, well, does that apply to sex? I mean, does whatever you do apply to sex? Absolutely. Absolutely. Here's why. Because I, in a way, believe that sex is worship. (laughs) So, don't deprive your husband or your wife from worshiping God. <laughs> that's, the, that's the whole lesson for today. It's actually funny because Heather and I's code word for having sex is, you want to worship? <laughs> the kids, all right, we have an eight, eight-year-old, six-year-old, and a four-year-old. They hadn't figured that out yet. <laughs> so, so we're still good. So number one, victorious sex pleases God. Okay, number two, victorious sex is designed for marriage. Say it again. Victoria's sex is designed for marriage. Good job. So, <laughs> thank you. Appreciate that. I, want okay. to, I, well, I just want them to get that point. That's a great point. <laughs> Hebrews 13.4 says, Marriage should be honored by all, and the marriage bed kept pure, for God will, will judge the adulterer and the sexually immoral. So we are to honor or respect. Another word for honor is to respect the marriage bed. And I believe that this applies before and during marriage. So if you're not married, you still should honor the marriage bed. Um, If you're married, you need to save, again, save sex for marriage and protect that inside marriage. Um, The world wants you to think that sex outside of marriage is the only place for real excitement. And sadly, that's what I believe a lot of Christian marriages portray is that it's um, they believe that the world believes that monogamy is boring. Okay, and um, having more than one sexual partner is adventurous. The world believes that married sex is monotonous and it's like a ball and chain. It's like mm-hmm. when you get married, everything goes south. But sex outside of marriage is freeing. They think, and this is these are lies again that the world has has sold us. Yeah, and I would say, you know, let's be real. I, I love being real, and I love just telling you the truth. Again, premarital sex is attractive. Anybody with me? Can you raise your hand and say, yeah, I mean, it was, it was, it was for me. You know, she looks good. I look good, maybe, sometimes. Uh, you know, sex, you know, sex outside of marriage is usually easy. I mean, the music's right. You know, and, and it's, it's just like, oh, yes, you're hot. I'm hot. This is great, and this is risky. And you feel like this, you know, you're on this arousing adventure of having premarital sex and again some people believe that you have to go on you know i gotta go on the other side of the tracks this is gonna be awesome i mean i gotta just you know get to experience all of this but here's what's wrong with it the seduction of premarital sex leads to destruction it does now listen you say well how do you how do you know that well proverbs 7 uh, verses 21 through 27 and and the girl or the the seductor here is is is, is a you know, a woman who's trying to seduce someone of having sex either outside of his marriage or before marriage. Listen to what it says. So she seduced him with her pretty speech and enticing him with her flattery. He followed her at once like an ox going to the what? To the slaughter. He was like a stag caught in a trap awaiting the arrow that would pierce its heart. He was like a bird falling into a snare, little knowing that it would cost him his what? His life. So listen to me, my sons, and pay attention to my words. Do not let your hearts be, uh, hearts stray away toward her. Don't wander down her wayward path, for she has been the ruin of many, many men. Many men have been her victims. 
Her house is the road to the grave. Her bedroom is the den of death. So again, you think, well, no, premarital sex, I mean, it's going to be amazing. And again, maybe in the moment, it is amazing. But here's the truth. It will lead to your slaughter. It will lead to your destruction. Emotionally, you will have some baggage. Whether you like it or not, you will have some baggage. You know why? Because a, a condom will not protect your heart. It won't. Um, you know, it'll lead to your destruction. Spiritually, if you have a relationship with God, it will separate your fellowship from God. You won't, you won't be able to hear from Him as easily. And it will damage you sexually. It will. Um, Proverbs fourteen twelve. There is a way that, that appears to be right, but in the end it leads to death. I mean, again, our culture says this way is right. But guess what? The truth is, it's going to lead to your death. Um, you say physically, I, I, I don't Absolutely. know about the physically, but, it, but it'll, it'll lead sex to... Outside of sex outside of marriage will, marriage will lead death. to my death. <laughs> <laughs> did, you, did you guys write that down in case I'm not, you know, not alive? Um, but, but I would say this, since the beginning of time, God has wanted sex to be between one woman and one man. In a committed married relationship. Uh, I'll, I'll give you the scripture that backs that up. Genesis 2.24. That is why a man leaves his father and, and his mother and is united to his what? Wife. You know what the key word is there? Where's that scripture? It is united to his, the last word, wife. Guess what? It doesn't say boyfriend. Doesn't say girlfriend. Doesn't say fiance. Doesn't say the person that I've loved for, you know, a month. <laughs> It doesn't say any of that stuff. It says that they should leave and cleave together, be united to the wife. And so it's, it's a commitment of marriage. Um, and, and I would say this. Some of you guys are here today, and you're having sex outside of marriage. Some of you guys are here today, and you're an adulterer. Um, some of you guys are you know, committing adultery online. I mean, I, I don't know what you're maybe dealing with, but I know that it's true because I deal with a lot of uh, couples before they get married, and 90 probably percent of them, whether they're a Christian or not, are having sex outside of marriage. They are. It's just the way that, again, our world has, has uh, influenced our culture. But here's the truth. If you are having sex outside of marriage, if you are an adulterer, and you are in church today, here's what I want you to hear. God loves you he can forgive you. He loves you no matter where you've been. You can stack all the sins of your life. You can stack all the sexual things that you've done, all the stuff that you've done wrong, all the damage, and he will, he will forgive you and he will heal you from all of that pain. He will do it. <clears throat> so many people, so many pastors, all they want to do is share the truth. This is what you should do. But then they don't share the grace. They don't share the love. They don't share about his forgiveness. And so again, we're not, we're not saying we're perfect. We weren't perfect. We didn't do everything right. And therefore, we need his forgiveness as well. And everybody, everybody else does as well. Absolutely. So. Okay, the third thing is Victoria's sex is fun. I got this topic. Can you say that one again? <laughs> Victoria's sex is fun. So we might pick on the ladies here a little bit. But in marriage, you need to have fun having <clears throat> sex. We need to enjoy, like Bo said, the gift of sex was given to us for our good and his glory. And so it should be fun. Uh, the gift was meant to be fun and exciting. Um, and so you might be thinking, well, sex isn't really fun for us anymore. And the first thing that I would say to do if you're in that, in that spot is to pray. 
Pray for God to renew your passion for your spouse, to renew and uh, bless your sex life, and he, he will do it. The second thing that I would do is I'd go to Victoria's Secret. <laughs> <laughs> we thought about handing gift cards out. <laughs> <laughs> Spice it up, baby. That's right. So you need to, um, another thing, so pray, go to Victoria's Secret, and get creative. Um, and I think sometimes we women, we feel like this is the man's department because, like we said, men tend to be more hypersexual than women or whatever, so we leave this, you know, this is their thing or whatever. But the Bible actually tells us otherwise. Um, it tells us that we women, we need to take the initiative as well. So listen to this in Song of Songs. 7-Eleven. And before I read this verse, actually, I want to just say a side note. If you read this, and we talked about this a couple weeks ago when we were talking about marriage, but um, Solomon in this, he wooed his wife. I mean, he emotionally invested in her. He praised her. He praised her appearance. Um, and so she was filled up emotionally. So men, if you, that's just kind of a hint, if you um, want your sex life to be good, fill your wife's love tank emotionally. It starts in the kitchen. So. I've always said that. I've always said it starts in the kitchen because if you'll do the dishes, she'll want to have sex. That's right. I'm just telling you. <laughs> so. If you'll change that diaper, she'll want to have sex. If you'll clean the house, she'll want to have sex. I'm just telling you. Some of you guys need to learn this. I'm just, it's true. I mean, I'm not... Okay, that's too no, much. And Bo's that's great much. at this. Like, like you said yesterday, I had this run. Well, any of you that know anything about like distance racing or whatever, I mean, it took like two hours to do this race. My husband was there, so, I mean, and it's not the most fun thing for him because you come, and then he's like, bye, good luck, and I leave for two hours because there was no place to come and watch or anything, but that was, like, that filled me up. That made me feel so special, and it spoke a lot of love, so. That's right. He's a great, a great husband. So we're going to worship. So. <laughs> So Sorry. Song of Songs, so uh, this we're talking about uh, Solomon's wife. He, she says, <laughs> come, my lover, let us go to the countryside. Let us spend the night in the villages. So Solomon's wife set the example for us. She got creative. And what this verse says is she took sex outside of the bedroom. She had this idea to say, hey, we don't have to be in the same rut, in the same routine. We can get adventurous because God has blessed us with this gift. Yep. And so she took him to the countryside for a night of worship of worship okay and so we need to to again uh, get creative ladies you might need to initiate sex a little amen. bit more amen can i get an amen from the men and I want it's to say okay this. guys i got your back see it <laughs> say it say amen so while you're being creative i mean know that really there's no bounds in marriage um as long as it's not harmful or you know forbidden in scripture or whatever and you both agree with it god's given you the freedom um, in in marriage, and so it should be fun and free. Yeah. Um, okay. And our fourth point is victorious sex requires a servant heart. It requires a servant heart. Philippians two three says, "Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves." This verse, I mean, again, it tells you to, you know, that sex should be about serving your spouse. It should be about valuing your spouse above yourself. And we need to value our spouse and their needs and their desires above our own needs and desires. And I think um, as women or as moms, you know, a lot of times this comes naturally, except with our spouse. We'll do anything for our kids. We'll drive five hours to a 30-minute dance routine. We'll... Um, 
you know, go and, and spend the evening at the basketball gym for five hours, you know, watching games. We'll do all these things, but when it comes to sacrificing for our spouse and having to, you know, do something that we might be too tired to do or worn out to do, then that's a whole other story. And so we yeah. need to realize that it's not about us, it's about them. Um, and we need to get rid of all the excuses. We can think of all the excuses that we want, like, you know, I'm, I'm worn out, I had a long day, I have a headache. See, whenever you Girls, use don't one. use that one. Don't so, use that one. So here's when we were at this marriage conference a couple weeks ago. Um, he told this joke about this husband. He was wanting to have sex with his wife, right? And apparently she used this excuse a lot. So he brought her some Tylenol, and she said, what's that for? I don't have a headache. And he's like, all right, let's have sex. <laughs> <laughs> so you can give that a try next time you're, you know, bring her some Tylenol and see, see That's a great says. one. I love that one. So, and of course, he's like, all right, let's worship then. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, okay, and you might be thinking, well, I don't, I don't want to have sex. Um, and it doesn't matter. It's not about you. Um, the truth is, it just really, it's really not. Um, we're called by God to serve our spouse. And if we love them, we will have sex as often as we realistically can or need. Um, yeah. In 1 Corinthians 7, 3 through 4, it says, The husband must fulfill his duty to his wife, and likewise also the wife to her husband. The wife does not have authority over her own body, but the husband does. And likewise, also the husband does not have authority over his own body, but the wife does. So again, it's our God-given duty to fulfill, fulfill our spouse's sexual needs. Um, and again, like I said a minute ago, if this is a struggle for you, pray about it. Pray for God to increase your desire. Pray for him to give you creativity and a passion in this, and he will, because um, it honors him. And so when we pray prayers to honor God, he's going to give you the strength to do what, what we're supposed to do. And again, you know, kind of going back to like the healthy part, I think especially as women, if we're healthy and feel good about ourselves, we're less insecure and more apt to enjoy this with our husbands. So, Can I make a comment? <clears throat> again, she's, she's right. It, it is, it, it's not necessarily about us when we go into this, this gift of sex. If I go into the gift of sex and I want to please her, then I win. And, and I'll give you some examples, I, and, and this is something that I learned from, a, again, another pastor, Jimmy Evans. Um, he said, make specific nights your night and make specific nights her night. And talk about it. Just communicate. Tonight, my night? <laughs> or is tonight your night? And, and it may look different. I mean, again, he may want to have sex and go to bed. She may want to talk for 30 minutes and then have sex and go to bed. Does that make sense? So if you put your spouse ahead of yourself, then you are going to be more pleased you're going to be more pleased and here's the other thing guys not only do they need to pray about having a desire to, to have more sex you can pray for them as well you can pray for them or, or ladies you can pray for your husband to be more emotional more in tune to, to to your emotions so that you can be fulfilled as well here's the truth god is the only one who can change your spouse you can communicate it and you should communicate it you should communicate about sex. You should communicate about your emotions. You should communicate about everything. But at the end of the day, it's only God that can change the other person. That's right. Only God. Yeah. And I th yeah. And the last thing, and, and to me this is probably the most important, so wake up, take notes. But number five, victorious sex protects your marriage. It protects your marriage. Um, in this verse I'm fixing to read, uh, Paul, who's, again, one of, the, one of the greatest writers in the Bible, he's talking to a church in Corinth that's struggling with some of, this, some of these things. But he says uh, in 1 Corinthians 7, 5, 
Stop depriving one another, and he's talking about sex, except by agreement for a time so that you may devote yourselves to prayer and come together again so that Satan will not tempt you because of your lack of self-control. So why, why did he say this? Well, he's saying this to these Christians in Corinth because they're surrounded by sexual immorality. Does that sound familiar in our world today? I mean, we're surrounded by all this stuff. And so he's commanding husbands and wives not to um, deprive each other because sex helps protect our marriage. The emotional connection of sex um, protects the wife from being as tempted as much, from, you know, a man who comes and fills her up emotionally and compliments her and woos her. Um, if you're doing that as a husband, then that helps protect your marriage and helps her from being as tempted. Um, the physical connection of sex helps the man not to be as tempted as much. So wives, again, if we're fulfilling our husbands, then hopefully that's going to, you know, protect them from being as tempted. Um, and again, when we're fulfilled sexually and emotionally by our spouse, the gate of temptation is shut. And so God gave us an illustration last night. We had been, again, in the city, and we came home, and we have a gate to our property. And uh, right, right when we pulled up, there was this big cow patty, like this fresh cow it was, patty. It was fresh, too. <laughs> Sitting, like smoking and everything. Sitting in our, you know, in our entrance to our property. And it actually had, it had the High Plains Journal stuck in it. Yeah, I guess, this, like cow, I guess this cow opened or... our mailbox and pulled all our mail out, and it was stuck in this, this patty of cow crap. Seriously. It was our, weird. Our kids got to pick that up. Yeah. So, but, and you know, apparently the, the point here is this cow wasn't satisfied with where she was, okay, or bull. We don't know what it was. But anyways, he or she wasn't satisfied with their grass and where they were able to graze and enjoy, and so they decided to go and see if grass was greener somewhere else, right? Well, luckily... We protected our place, and that cow couldn't get in and destroy our fresh sod. <laughs> yeah. Thank the Lord. Because um, we had, you know, again, we, we protected it. So that, that we protected anything from the outside coming in and destroying our property. And the same is true in your marriage. If you're, you know, investing in it, protecting it, fulfilling each other sexually and emotionally, then a cow is less likely to come <laughs> in and, uh, you know, have, you know, destroy what you've worked for. And so, Isn't um, that good? Isn't that a good illustration? It was, it was ah. good. And, and I think a side note here that's really important and will um, hopefully release you if you've struggled with this, but we're not responsible for each other's actions. I'm not responsible for Bo. He's not responsible for me. I can't control what he does or doesn't do. But we are a key, com a key component to each other's success. Okay, yeah. so we can't control each other's um, actions, but... We're a key component to each other's success. Right. And, and so here's, here's some tips for some of you guys, or you, the, those of you that are married. If your man, let's say, how many of your, uh, you guys are in the oil field? Anybody in the oil field? Still, maybe. Maybe you got fired. I don't know but because of the this, this slack in the market or whatever. But it, how many of you guys are a home, away from home maybe more than one or two days? Anybody? home away from home well here's here's what i would say to you guys because sometimes i'm home uh, you know or away from home every you know every, every so often Here, here's what i would say worship before you leave <clears throat> this, <laughs> and i'm not talking about coming to church today i'm talking about the other thing and so worship before you leave because if uh, your man is satisfied sexually and then he goes away for a few days he may be okay without having sex and for two or three days and then here's what i would say after they get back reconnect worship again 
You know why? Because again, that, that shows that you're, you're pleasing each other. Emotionally, when I was, I don't know if this is a good excuse or not, or a good example or not, but when I was gone, I wasn't able to fulfill her emotionally. When I was stranded for five days, she wasn't able to fulfill me sexually. But because, again, we have made a commitment to satisfy each other and to try to work on our marriage, I didn't have issues struggling with that. I really didn't. Now, she may have had issues not being emotionally fulfilled for those five days. But, but the truth is, if you are meeting each other's needs, then you won't struggle as much. Or you, I'll say it this way, that when the temptation comes, because it will come, you're ready. You've so shut the gate. You, you've shut the gate. Now, again, is it foolproof? Can the cow jump the gate? Sometimes they do. Sometimes they try to get in. Sometimes, and, and, and we're not. Again, I'm not immune to that. We're not immune to any of that. That's why we have to protect our marriage. That's why we have to emotionally invest in our wives. That's why, wives, you have to sexually invest in your husbands. Because any of us could fail at it at any point. Mm-hmm. That's right. And so that's why we've, why we've got to do that. Here's what I want to do in closing. Victorious marriages have victorious sex. They do. Um, and it's a great thing. Uh, here's, what, here's what I want to say to close this out. Some of you guys are like, man, I wish I'd have been here this whole series. Here, here's what you can do. You can get online and you can listen to every message that we've ever taught for the last four years actually online. ThousandHillsRanchChurch.com, Sunday preaching. You can go and hear all of the messages. You can go hear more messages that we've preached in the past Februarys. Uh, about dating or you know relationships and i encourage you to do that um but here's the other thing tonight at five o'clock we are going to start a bible study called marriage on the rock the rock (laughs) (laughs) i just thought what's his name Dwayne? the rock anyways i've just lost everybody that's fake wrestling um but marriage on marriage on the rock Marriage on the rock. And, and again, it's building your marriage on the foundation of Jesus. And here's, here's some of the things that it'll cover. One of the great things that I think it's going to cover, and it's toward the end, and so you need to be there, is how to have a marriage in a blended family. It's a great topic. Some of you guys are married, you know, for the second time, and you've got kids and all this stuff. How do we have a great marriage in this blended idea? Because we bring maybe baggage from our past relationship. going to be a great topic. Some of you guys are single. Some of you guys are dating. If you're 18 and older, we invite you to come. If you're single, you need to come. If I knew what I was going to be taught in this Bible study, I could have saved myself from a lot of headaches and pain in our marriage. So if you're single, if you're dating, if you're engaged, whatever it is, if you've been married for 50 years and you're an old dog, you can learn new tricks. And so come. Because it's going to be a great time. So 5 o'clock, we're going to have snacks. We'll be done by about like 6.30. Then you can go eat and do your own thing, get your kids in bed and all that stuff. Hopefully, we will run out of room. I hope we do. But, but please come. We have a book for you as well that we will we'll, we'll get you. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes for just a second. Again, maybe your prayer today needs to be this. God, give me a victorious marriage. Maybe you just need to pray that right now. God, give me a victorious marriage. Help me to do my part to put you first in my marriage. Maybe you need to pray this. God, help me to communicate better with my spouse. 
Maybe this is your struggle. Maybe, maybe you need to pray, God, help me to be more romantic. Maybe this is yours. Maybe your struggle is health. You need to pray, God, help me to be healthier so that I'll be pleasing to my spouse, so that I'll be more secure with my own physical body and so that I won't, again, be careless with my, my body. Maybe, maybe you need to pray, God, give me some godly friends. Give me and my wife or my, my husband some godly friends that are going to sh- you know, show us what it looks like to have a godly marriage and to encourage us when things get hard. Maybe you need to, again, pray that God would not only light your fire right now for your marriage, but that he would continue to light your fire for your marriage and strengthen you. Maybe you're single here today and, and, and you just desire to be uh, in a marriage so bad and, and you desire to have a relationship so bad. Can I just tell you, listen, because I've been there. I, I didn't date one girl for four years. I didn't date, I didn't go on one date for four years. Four years, never, not one date. But here's what I learned. God had to prepare me for his best. And if I was faithful enough to, again, pursue him and love him in spite of being, you know, without a date, without a relationship for that long, he was going to bless me and he did bless me. And it is worth the wait. Do not buy into the lie of the culture that says you got to have somebody. You're just incomplete. No, listen, you are complete in Christ. And then your spouse or whoever you get to date is just icing on the cake. And so maybe you need to pray as a single person. God, give me, give me the, the, the grace that I need to, to wait. Give me the strength that I need to wait. Help, prepare me. Maybe you're, you're, you know, again, your, your prayer needs to be prepare me for my future mate. Maybe you need to pray for your future mate. I hope you do. And say, prepare them for, for me. Maybe your commitment as a single person needs to be, God, I want to follow your word instead of the culture. The culture says this, but I don't want to do that. I want to do what you want me to do. Listen, you can do it. Heather and I are living examples that you can walk into your marriage free from the baggage and the regrets of dating the wrong way. And so listen, I encourage you as a single person to do that. If you need help, if you need prayer, here's all we ask you to do. If you made a decision today and you want us to know about it, or if you need prayer or help or want Bible verses or or books that we have read that have encouraged us, here's all we ask you to do. Grab that orange card that was on your chair, fill it out, write your question down, and we will contact you. It's that simple. All you got to do is fill it out, place it in one of these yellow buckets, and we'll contact you about your decision. Here's the other thing. If you say, I don't know where that card is. I don't have a clue where that is. I don't even know what you're talking about. Here's all we ask you to do. Text your name to the number that's going to be on the screen, and we will contact you. You don't have to ask your question. You don't have to tell us any information except for your name, and we will contact you. It's that simple. I hope that you will walk out of here knowing that you have a 100% chance of success in marriage. You know why? Because there is a God who cares about you and that wants to strengthen you and wants you to have a victorious marriage. Lord, I come to you right now and I thank you that all things are possible with you. Whether we've failed at them in the past or whether we've been successful thus far, we need you and we trust you and we love you and we want you to be the center of our marriages and of our lives. 
And so, Lord, may you be pleased by everything that we do and everything that we say, and may we bring you glory for, for, for your sake and for ours. Thank you for the pleasure and the gift of sex, and may we use it to honor you as well. It's in your holy name I pray. Amen. Thank you guys for being here today. You bet. Has it been ten years since we said I do? Thank you for listening to this message. We hope to see you next Sunday at the Woodward Livestock Auction at 9 a.m. or 10.30 a.m.